Welcome to Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hardship. I'm Jemenika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we'll be talking with survivors with different backgrounds, identities, and life experiences. We'll talk about how different the experience of assault, support, and healing is for every one of us. In each episode, I'll give three new resources directly related to the topics we cover. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices being really heard. This changes now. Let's heal together. Hey y'all, I just wanna give you a little heads up. We may be talking about some really hard things, so I want you to take heed and take care of yourself if that means stepping away from an episode, if that means taking notes and looking back at things later, please do whatever you need to do for yourself. Special thank you to our sponsor, Unbound, a woman-owned sexual wellness shop. I went through their products and tried to find at least one special thing for each episode. Today on the show, we'll be talking to Jace Barron, a cis male survivor whose perspective we never focus on. For Jace's episode, I chose the Unbound Jelly because everybody... Every single type of body needs lube. (laughs) And this is a body safe and toy safe water-based lube. So if you want to get one of my favorite lube brands or any other of their fabulous sexual wellness items, head over to unboundbabes.com and use the promo code TRAUMAQUEEN for 15% off in any order over $35. That code is TRAUMAQUEEN, T-R-A-U-M-A-Q-U-E-E-N, and go comment on all their cute shit and tell them I sent you. So I'm super excited to have this human across from me. Would you tell us your name and your pronouns? Ooh, okay. Hi, everyone out there in the podcast universe. My name is Jace. Um, Pronouns are, I guess, he, him, his. Cool. Slash bad bitch. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like to throw that in every once in a while. (laughs) What's up, y'all? So, you know, this is how this is going to go, everyone. Mm -hmm. So just so we are all on the same page, and I'll probably do this every episode, this is a different show. We want this show to be about our guest. We will be dialoguing back and forth. We want our guests to ask questions and ask questions that maybe they never got answers to or like they got the runaround about or they were just like, hey, there's a thing. I don't know the answer. Let's talk about it. So that's kind of how the show's going to go. Every episode will be different. And I'm super excited to ask the first question. Um, why do you think your story or perspective needs to be heard? Wow. Um, so just to kind of give a little background, uh, I was sexually assaulted, I want to say 2014. And it took me a while to kind of cope. And... I, if you guys have not looked it up so far, like I have a podcast, I'm a very visible person in the community, LGBT, as well as other um, sources. And I knew that this, my story of being raped after being drugged at a bar was not anything that was new or uncommon. And so I decided to use my platform to kind of speak to those who have been in the same position, whether male or female, especially being a male, though, I knew that especially in gay culture, was, there's a lot of partying that's involved in, you mm-hmm. know, WeHo and Casho and all those good um, neighborhoods. And I wanted to kind of just bring 
I guess, clarity and maybe kind of just even start the conversation for those who have not had the words to do so. Yeah. Did you find when you were like finally able to share your story, like was there anyone that like gave you pushback? Pushback? Um, um, there were, so the way I shared it, I had a um, column on HIV Equal called Brilliant Bro. And so I wrote an article and just put it out in the universe. That's and what you do. Yeah. And, you know, within a week, I think I had over 100,000 um, clicks or views or whatever the technological term is. And um, out of all those emails and tweets and Facebook comments, slides and share, I want to say there's only four. And of those four, I remember specifically um, one person said that, oh, like, you're too ugly to be raped. Like, that's mm-hmm. fake news. Um, I had another person say that oh because i'm gay i liked it Mm -hmm. and so those were the only really um negative things i heard a lot of people were very supportive and grateful was most of the attitude towards me um and even with my parents i told my parents that because i I, my gut told me it was gonna go viral the next day which it did yeah um i had told my family and they were even supportive and if, if you guys don't know i'm a pastor's kids so my stepdad's a pastor okay. so you can imagine like hey so remember a couple of years ago when i said i was gay well the next big public thing is you yeah. know me trying to help others share my story about being sexually assaulted and so they were very supportive in, with me doing that both both my parents oh, that's beautiful what about like i always think like within society like there's so many like levels to being assaulted mm-hmm. and then there's like being a guy being gay what about being black Oof, Jesus! You want to go there? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, black folk don't like to talk about stuff. Oh, we don't. No, I didn't know. Like, you, you had no idea, Jimmy. Because I mean, I've been knowing you for some time. So you like to uh, jab a jaw. Uh, no, but like black families, we yeah. are raised, especially black men, to not emote or share emotions at all, and. Even with women, too. Like, I know there's a lot of secrets that, you know, a woman is meant to protect her man or is meant to, like, keep secrets from mm-hmm. other people. And there's things that we need to talk about that um, that help people. For example, you know, I had I found out a couple of years ago that I had a gay uncle hmm, that lives in Palm Springs. That makes sense. And I was like, do you know how vital that information... <laughs> right? I mean... Hidden in Palm Springs. It's in the blood. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, come on now, mom and dad. But yeah, like I was just saying like that would have been vital to yeah. like know when I was coping with my sexuality at such a young age in such a dark place because, you know, we don't want to talk. We're taught. I mean, the black community is very Baptist, hyper religious. Yep. And I think because of those things, we don't want to address the realities of what's going on. I think that's, it's so hard just being black, especially in 2018. I don't know if y'all have heard, it's a rough time. Ooh, Jesus. Um, and, and I think about like, I, I think it's important for us to always like have conversations. Again, we don't talk about these things, but another thing we don't talk about is the mental health statuses. Like, mm-hmm. how do you see how your mental health status was when it happened as to how it is now? Like what was going on for you? Ooh, um, so... Me 
because I'm the oldest of five kids and I'm a You're very, um, <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. my, my, <laughs> my siblings are excellent. Um, but I was always raised to just be like He-Man, like stand mm. in the presence, like do not deal. So when it happened, I went home, took a shower and carried on with my life. Yeah. And it wasn't till someone that was very close to me. And I will say, cause I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but he did apologize after the article came out because he didn't realize what he had said triggered me to almost crash my car. Definition time, y'all. Trigger. A trigger is psychologically a stimulus such as a smell, sound, or sight that triggers feelings of trauma. People typically use this term when describing post-traumatic stress disorder, which is known as PTSD. I didn't realize what he had said triggered me to almost crash my car. How was your brain? Yeah, my like, brain, I think once I got triggered is when it actually like hit me. And so it was just kind of chaotic and fuzzy. And that's kind of when I knew that I needed to seek outside help. Yeah. And so because before that, I was like, oh, I'll just do it on my own. Like it happened. It'll go away. I'll be fine. Which it happened. It'll go and it will be fine. But there's nothing wrong with asking for help to get to that place. And I think it wasn't up until especially being so public about it um, with the article. And then all of a sudden, you know, Owen's calling me. The one put me put me on Ayanla and. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yes, you were almost on Yama Van Zandt's show. Not on my watch. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, they had me on Skype interviews and everything with producers, but um, it didn't come through. Blessed Um, be. Blessed be. I love her. I love that show, but I think we would fight Um, physically and emotionally. Valid. Yeah. Um, But I get better. I have my off days, I have my on days. Yeah. Um, And I've kind of come to the point where I could recognize where I need to just lay the fuck down Mm. and just like put my laptop away, lay down, just watch some TV, like relax my mind because I'm a very busy person. Yes. And when I'm (laughs) idle, I feel like I'm being lazy. And so it took me a while to kind of recognize like, all right, well, you know, regardless of like the sexual soul and everything like that, I just need to kind of just like calm down. Um, But I, I went to a therapist she was terrible. Mm. Um, not that happens. Lie. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, it does unfortunately. happen. Um, but I think me going to the therapist kind of helped me just to take the initiative and like, all right, I care about myself and my mental health. Mm-hmm. And so for me, actually taking the initiative to go to a therapist helped me along my journey in itself, even though she was trash. Did you ever? <laughs> I mean, and that, that happens. And I think she it's felt, important to she, talk I'm about. I'm so sorry for you. I'm like, I'm not here to get sympathy. I'm here to get fixed help me bitch like <laughs> did you i mean did that deter you from ever getting help again um no i think it kind of gave me what i needed at the moment okay um and so i have i think i went to therapy maybe a couple times after i don't have a therapist now i should probably get one um just to have in general yeah um but i think at the time me going to therapist going to a therapist and talking to her really kind of helped me just feel valid with taking care of myself i mean that totally makes sense yeah it totally makes it's a lot like people don't realize and i think it's important like if you have a terrible like therapist i remember the first time i seeked out therapist she was like oh and i was like whoa girl right i ain't even said nothing yet right but it's important to know why are you crying (laughs) i'm in the chair beloved i'm going to charge you here is my <laughs> here's my Venmo. Just shoot it over. All right. But it's important Cash for us app, to know PayPal, <laughs> so that you can get another person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing too that people 
get turned away from because they go through it one time mm-hmm. and like that may not be it's like a boyfriend or a girlfriend yes it is or like a dating. friend it is not yet to find the right match hello hello <laughs> you know because sometimes it's, it's, it's a person a person you yeah know? so yeah if you're out there find me at jay sparon <laughs> tweet me <laughs> do you um so you had all this happen it was it kind of like it's kind of like you said it out loud and then all eyes were on you Mm-hmm. do you feel like i know you had so much support but do you f- did you find that any relationships changed absolutely what does um, that look like a lot of my I, prior to that people viewed me as a hard-working go-getter I don't know. I it, I was very um, steadfast with who I was. And I think I kind of gave off the illusion, not intentionally, but just the way I carry myself that I'm Superman. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people um, definitely started treating me more like a human and understanding that I'm a human. Because, you know, I could be very vocal about a lot of things. But I think prior to that, people are uh, assumed that nothing could break me or happen to me because the way that I carry myself and that's just the way that I carry them. I don't know what other way yeah. it'd be. Um, but I think me sharing that story, a lot of people, um, and I, I remember the weekend I, that article came out was Labor Day weekend. And I remember going to a club and I was terrified to go cause I didn't want to be the guy that got raped cause I knew everyone read it. And so, and the gay community is very, very small. Very like, t- Los Angeles has, here. like, millions of people, but it's, like, five. And so, <laughs> like... How true. Yeah. And so, a lot of people came up to me in my drunken state trying to enjoy the holiday and uh, thanked me. And I was very grateful for that. But it definitely has kind of altered the way that I kind of navigate through social spaces because I know that people, yeah. like, know that. What about, like, dating after that? Um... Dating, I have, I think people, because it was a very public thing, and if someone starts dating me and knows who I am prior to, I guess, meeting me and getting to know me, they're a little bit more cautious with me, with me sexually. Mm-hmm. Um, I love sex. I've always loved sex. I've, I've met never, you before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never not liked sex, like, since before I've been doing it. <laughs> So I was literally a kid drawing sex like a six years old. Like I was, I've always been loving sex. And that's normal. And it's normal. And especially in the house of God. And (laughs) well, yes, you know, all bodies, all bodies born naked. Um, But yeah, I think people get a little bit more timid with me when it comes to sex. Yeah. Um, Because they don't know which, I mean, rightfully so. So it's kind of had to become a conversation whether I bring it up or they bring it up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, like, I know that XYZ happened to you. Do you have any triggers? And I respect it um, because a lot of people all think would have that respect or that courtesy to yeah. people who know that information about people. I love that you talk about, like, what your triggers and all the things were like how are you able to figure out what your triggers were <laughs> when they happen okay and that's like valid. literally yeah yeah literally when they happen i mean like i don't have triggers now i think i've come to the point where like i'm okay like i get in front of a mic and talk like i said like sometimes i know when i just feel just overwhelmed or just a weight on me i just need to sit down mm-hmm. so that's more of like i guess is that considered a trigger 
Like if I, if I need to lay down and I know I need to lay down. I mean, I think it's your body's response to maybe like overworking Okay. internally. I think uh, there's a lot of things that process within us that we don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Like one day you could just be like, I've been going crazy and doing all these things. Oh, mm. there's this thing I haven't actually thought about, but it's still in the back of my head right. being like, I'm still here. Marinating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you just need yet. to rest. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, pretty much my triggers have been when they happen, and once I kind of identify it, it never happens again. So I'm I'm pretty solid now, and I think I don't know because the person was not someone that I know. Okay. Um, like for example, I was going through my phone the other day. I was taking a flight to visit my grandmother who turned 88. Shout out to Corey. Hey, girl. And um, I was going through old photos because I have no service. So I'm like, let me delete some photos. So I have like 11,000 on there. And I saw a screenshot of the person who potentially like raped me. Not the actual person, but a phone number. Oh. And I don't know if I took a screenshot because I met them on an app. Okay. And so I did not know whether, and there was no name, and I didn't know whether or not that was the person. And so I kind of like, all right, let me turn my phone off. Let me just relax mm-hmm. and chill out. Mm-hmm. So those are like those types of things that like when they happen, like I, I could recognize it and I could deal with it in the moment. But usually I just kind of just like, all right, let me just bring myself down, my energy down, mm-hmm. bring down my chakras <laughs> and just kind of just like say chakra and, talk. You know, mm-hmm. just... Yeah, and I think it's important, as you talked about, like, being in certain positions or in sexual things and also visually seeing things that people have different triggers and they can be affected by anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you can smell something and it can take you back. You can hear a sound. Mm-hmm. You can touch a certain texture. Um, and it's it's wild how we, like, put things behind us, right? Like, right. with my sexual assault, like, I was just like, okay, this happened and I didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I just now started talking about it because I was like, I feel like this person still has too much power within me. Okay. Did you ever think about that? Um, no, not. I mean, I think just because I had no tie to that person. Yeah. And there wasn't really, I think for me, I kind of, like me being Jace, the person I am, it was like my thing to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't necessarily think that, or this person has something over me or um, there was like some type of void that I needed to like dismiss or, you know, help. But I, I just kind of put that all on me, but I do that with everything. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't even, like I said, I don't know the person. So the reason why I kind of started talking about it was to help others. That was because I could have stayed silent for the rest of my life, to be honest. And I thought the conversation was more important. So I was like, all right, well, let me just spill my guts. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find like, I I know you, you've said it multiple times. Like I was like, I just wrote it out. Is that like part of your healing process? What does your healing process look like? Um, that was a healing process. Yeah, I will. I'll give that to you. Um, cause, <laughs> give it to <laughs> I mean, because okay, I'm very, I'm fine, but I can be definitely very stubborn, and sometimes it takes someone to tell me something for me to recognize it. 
Yeah. And so that's why I'm always like having like having conversations. It's like, oh well, that's what that is. I'm like, oh well, that happened three years ago. But thank you. Like, <laughs> I appreciate you for bringing that to light. But yeah, I don't even actually remember writing the article. Okay. At all, and I, I was like, I don't know if I like blacked out or like Possible. I just was on a mission. Yeah, completely. I have no idea where I was. People are always ask me that question, like, hey, like, were you crying when you're writing it? And I was like, I have zero recollection of writing the article. I just remember when it dropped. And then the amount of, like, attention that my phone was getting. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I just, like, oh, fuck, what did I just do? Mm-hmm. And that's when I kind of was like, my life from now on is kind of forever changed. And, like, was that a good idea? Oh, God, okay, let me just turn this off and I'll get to it when I do. But, but yeah. So you keep saying, like, I've used it to, like, my work now, like, to help people. Like, what does that look like? Um... So I've definitely done a few speaking gigs. Um, uh-huh. I've done a couple of workshops and they've been national. I mean, I, I did something in Memphis, Tennessee for a uh, organization Fancy. out there. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of racist. Oh, well, <laughs> well, that'll snatch but you back. But they had great ribs. Good, snatch back your fancy. Right. It was great. great ribs <laughs> and lots of collard greens. Um, and the KKK. And it was cheap. Right. And that, you know, <laughs> lots of white horns. And, um, and you, you know, uh, sorry, New York, I hosted a, um, a night of jazz. That was kind of like a whole thing. And one thing I will say that I can appreciate about Eugene Monique and the show is that it is not such a heavy conversation. I feel like it's so healthy to talk about things in like a positive way. And I think a lot of times in those spaces when I'm working, people, one, see my face on the flyers. So they come up to me and apologize. Mm. Like, oh my God, I'm so How do you sorry. Feel about, that's a good thing. How do you feel about when people are like, hey, I'm so sorry? Um, thank you. <laughs> I think. I mean, right. it's so weird. It's, it's kind of weird. And I'm not going to lie. And I'm I mean, like, I said, I will always have a spirit of gratitude. Yeah. But I just feel like sometimes it's just like, I don't know. It's, I don't know if that's the right... Th- I don't know what the right thing to say is. Yeah. And but I like, think that's fucking valid. Yeah. And I, people are saying, I'm so sorry for stuck. you and just like having sympathy for you like all the time. It's just kind of like, all right, like I'm not broken. Yes. And I think sorry is something like, okay, well, you're hurting. You're broken. You're <laughs> going through. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm just here to like help others. Mm-hmm. Um. I may be not fine tomorrow, so then you can say sorry to me. But like while I'm here on the clock, like I'm here to do my job. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of it's that's definitely an interesting point about people apologize because like people will come up to me right off the back. Like, I get in the door. Oh my god! So <laughs> let me just tell you. You're like, why are you whispering so, at me? I'm like, my ear is buzzing <laughs> because your hot breath. So like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting. But I mean, I, I would say thank you. Um, and can, if you feel like I'm sorry is the thing to say, then I would say continue to say it. Um, but for someone who's on the other end, it definitely kind of, especially when you're not in a place of like vulnerability, mm. it's just kind of like, it's like going on a date and be like, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, I'm happy right now. <laughs> fuck it up though. Right. I'm about to like <laughs> eat these like ribs and this T-bone steak. That's it. I mean, people want about, yeah, to show you? compassion. Yeah. Um, when people, people tell me I'm sorry for a few things, Mm -hmm. um, they're always like, oh, your mother was murdered and they drop their voice. And I'm like, why are we here? They always drop the octaves. (laughs) 
And I get it that they don't know how to respond. Mm-hmm. And I, I, tr- I think for me, like I try to preface things like, so I'm going to say something kind of hard, maybe for you, I'm okay, but this may be shocking for mm-hmm. you. Um, and the people are like, oh God. Then they're like, well, what is she about to say? And I'm right. like, my Brace mother was murdered. Case. They found me with her body. And they're like, oh, I'm so, um, and I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. Like, yeah. and I think it's, I've done the work. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think it's important. I think maybe you'll agree is it's something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's not all of me. Correct. Absolutely. 155%. <laughs> Cause people are like, Oh no. And I'm like, stop whispering at me. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Do you have a secret? Right. Janet Jackson back up. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, not doing this. Yeah, I absolutely agree because it's like really, it's like this. What happened to me on one day of my 30 years of life does not define who I am. Same with you, 31. Cute. Yeah, I Um, hate it. But it's just like that. It's not, it's something that defines you. Yes, it was huge. Yes, it was something that altered the way you look at things. Absolutely. But that there's so many other things about us as individuals that made that up so you it's just things like sorry i'm like no no that's just one piece of me that we could discuss when i'm on stage or when i'm in front of a mic but like i'm good i'm chill so you get it if you could give advice to a survivor that may be gay black man all of them one of them a little bit of it like Mm -hmm. what would your advice be um, you're the shit. Like, really, like, you're the shit. And that would be my my advice because I think a lot of times, kind of what we were saying earlier about having something that happens to you defining you, I think that we're able to separate that. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people have a difficult time moving past that. Yeah. And it could be yesterday, it could be 20 years and it's something that people have a really difficult time, especially black folk, have a difficult time even talking about uttering. And so you're the shit. This happened to you. whether it, and, and you can't change that. And I think a lot of people, well, how do I you, accept it? That's the first thing. Accept that this happened to you. To you. Also accept that it is not you. And so do what you have to do. Put in the work. You know, it's going to take a lot of work. And sometimes, even when you put in the work... You know, 20 years from now, you may be like, this is really bothering me today. I woke up and I'm really being affected by this. And acknowledge that. Yeah. Don't try to keep brushing things off because that's what, uh, I mean, I'm I'm the same person. I will definitely brush things off until I'm like in <laughs> like a state of a coma. I'm just like, all right, well, I need to just like address this or pray or meditate or drink some chamomile tea <laughs> and get my like life in divine order so yeah that'd be my advice and you're you're the shit like you're you're okay yeah. and if you're not okay you're gonna be okay yeah well we're almost gonna wrap things up and i want to thank jace for coming but before we go mm-hmm. what do you want to plug do you got things going on jesus okay well um Things I want to plug. Well, first of all, if you guys want to keep in touch with me, uh, I'm on all social media platforms across the board at Jace Barron, J-A-Y-C-E-B-A-R-O-N. Um, I also have a lovely podcast called Kiss and Tour Radio that Jim Nika was actually a part of. It's my first podcast ever. Really? Yeah. 
Oh, it was. I saw you posted on. Yeah. Um, that was your, part of your caption on Facebook. You did great. Thanks. That was like a very highly listened to episode. Um, it's called Kiss Central Radio. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, um, Google Play, all the things. And actually, Jim and Nika, we've known each other for quite some time. <laughs> so we were talking about this earlier off the um, off the mic about us being each other's projects. So we, I just launched a pilot called Literally Annoyed. Yes. Um, Jim and Nika was actually on set helping out for a couple days. Um, and we, we knocked it out. And so check that out on Facebook. Um, it's called Literally Annoyed. Um, you'll see a pink flyer with the guy with his hands in the air. We're trying to get it picked up. So if you guys like it, make sure you guys share it to your friends and family. And I think that's it. Okay. Well, this has been a fabulous show. And as promised, Mama's got some resources for you. One resource that I'm going to suggest every episode is to find a personal therapist. Cognitive therapies have been proven to be the leading most effective treatment for PTSD, anxiety, and childhood trauma. I always recommend first finding someone that you can sit down with in person, especially if you're in a crisis situation. But online therapy is also a fantastic option. Our sponsor, Pride Counseling, will connect you with a counselor within 24 hours. And within Pride Counseling, they have amazing support for those in the LGBTQ community. And also, you don't have to be in the community to get support from them. You can filter through to find a therapist that fits well with you. And if you don't like them, you can switch because options, hello. Um, You can video chat, talk on the phone, do in-app messaging. It's available on desktop or mobile. So go to pridecounseling.com slash queen to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week. And also, as I told you, there will be three specific resources per episode, and they are definitely tailored to each episode. So our first resource today is oneand6.org. One in Six is a resource for men who've experienced unwanted or abusive sexual experiences. They offer recovery information for men, men's stories, trauma, and recovery, 24 7 365 days online chat support with trained advocates through their website and anonymous online support facilitated by a professional counselor. Support groups meet every Monday and Wednesday. The second resource today is going to be an amazing book called Victims No Longer, The Classic Guide for Men Recovering from Sexual Abuse by Mike Liu. This is one of the classic resources for male survivors of sexual abuse, now updated with current research on trauma and recovery, an examination of cultural attitudes toward male sexual abuse and incest survivors, practical and compassionate advice for healing, and personal narratives. And our last resource today is going to be Darkness to Light, which is a hotline. And the number is one 4 light That's 866-367-5444. Darkness to Light offers local information and resources about sexual abuse. You can also text LIGHT to 741-741 for crisis support with a trained counselors. And as always, I want to give a shout out to people that make this podcast what it is. And you can find us all on Instagram. Podcast artwork by Zoe Loves. That's Z-O-I-E-L-O-V-E-S. Engineered and edited by Andy Alseri. A-N-D-Y-A-L-S-E-R-I. Produced by Boy God King, B-O-Y-G-O-D-K-I-N-G, and me, I'm your host, Jiminika, J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A.